Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. Hey, another, uh, so, yeah, I'm so excited about, um, you know, the way Thrive, you've responded to, um, you know, all the time when stuff, people are going through stuff, you guys are just, you answer the call and just thanks so much for doing that. Uh, so another wee announcement here this morning is that we have got uh, Jack Reedman. Let's give a shout out for Jack Reedman just because we love him. He's amazing. Um, and so just the announcement is, is that Jack is stepping into our um, young adults uh, leadership position. So we've never had a, a like a real kind of like, hey, a young adults uh, ministry as such. We've been running a connect group for the last kind of year or so-ish. And so, yeah, Jack's going to take charge on this ministry. And so we're really excited about how uh, this is going to be outworked in his life and into this church. He's been serving so faithfully for about five or six years, actually, in youth. And we're just seeing this call, this pastoral call in his life. And this is just the right time, the right moment, we believe, for him. And so we're going to pray for him in the second service this morning. But we are, we're really excited. We love you, Jack. This is good. And at that point, you go, we love you too, Jack. <laughs> awesome. Hey, another, I want to bring another update uh, this morning as well. And um, who knows Danny Steele? Give a, give a wave if you know Danny. He's uh, an amazing guy. He's been a pastor uh, down uh, in Invercargill for many years. About four or five years ago, he tragically lost his wife. Um, and he, um, and he's got his kids actually in our church here, um, so that's pretty awesome. Ben and Amy, and and we've just kind of like been with them for a large part of this journey. And then um, earlier this year, uh, well, actually a few months ago, it was only uh, Danny and Rowena uh, went off to the Philippines, believing that it's God's call for them um, over there to see you know His light shine through their lives. And I, he sent an email uh, last uh, week, and I just want to read this as an update, as a bit of a catalyst. Uh, for my message this morning, it was just so exciting um, reading what he is up to. So listen to this. Uh, we're starting a children's feeding program in a very poor community. We have a building company in New Zealand doting, donating $50 a week. Praise the Lord. This is just a whole lot of things that he's doing. Uh, the water well being dug in Beto community starts on Monday. The community ran out of water four months ago. The well is 120 feet deep. Lol. <laughs> I'm building a deep well drilling machine for drilling water wells for communities in poverty and schools. There's a major problem with fresh water here. We've been donating part of the funds... Um, donated part of the funds needed to get started with this project. Uh, Danny has no experience drilling wells, but he's just going for it. Um, so I've actually been speaking with a well drilling company here in New Zealand on his behalf, just saying, no, this guy is legit. And they're actually looking at supporting him in some way to see that this fresh water uh, taken to communities over there. It's pretty amazing. Um, also, uh, it says here, we have a small house to build for an abandoned uh, mother with five daughters, one of them handicapped. We have all the funds for this project. We've been uh, donated a bit of land, 20 feet by 20 feet, so we're building here a house, 14 feet by 16 feet, two stories high. After going through lawyers to get a legal title, we're all uh, set to start building once we've got a builder sorted out. And this is where she's currently living, and that little piece of 20 square meter, uh, feet of land is actually just in front of that house uh, right there. 
Uh, next story, there's a massive mistrust of white men here from six years ago uh, when white guys ripped these people off, took their children for sex slaves. So our work in the communities is slowly building trust with these people again. At some stage, we'll start outreaches and Bible studies. But for now, we're working on winning their trust. God is using us in ways I never thought of. It's very good and exciting to see him changing people's hearts towards us. Even today, we did one of our builders a favor without, um, asking, without him asking for help. When we told him what we were going to do for his family, he started crying. A grown man on a building site with 11 other builders crying. They never show that kind of emotion in public, let alone in front of a white man. And the financial cost is about $5 a week over the next 10 weeks. A cup of coffee for us, but a life changer for this family. Praise the Lord. We gave a pair of hearing aids to an eight-year-old deaf girl. This was a huge blessing to her family. The story uh, traveled all around the town, even on the local radio, that a Western pastor gave an eight-year-old girl her hearing back. This has given us uh, favor with many in town. Thank you so much for your prayers and donations, Danny and Rowena. Isn't that amazing? Uh, and I actually, I cut out more stories, but I was just so excited um, for Danny and Rowena um, and, and just the pursuit of going somewhere where God is calling them. You know, Danny, um, he'd be happy for me to say this as well. Danny isn't a perfect person. Um, he tells me often that his life is a powerful picture of God's grace. And, and they've had to face so many adversaries. He's had to face so many adversaries, like personally and practically. He had to sell a business. He's just done so much to follow what he believes, what they believe in their heart is their call to the Philippines. And I want to honor that guy. He's amazing. He's like, he's just out there doing the stuff raw and real and like totally up front. And I just, I think he's amazing. He's an amazing guy. You know, Jesus says this uh, in Matthew 5. He says, you, you are the light of the world. You are. Shine bright. You're the light of the world. And the cool thing is, is that Jesus knew these guys really well that he was saying this too. This was the, the early days with his disciples. Yet he said, you're the light of the world. And he knew how imperfect, <laughs> how ignorant they, they, they were and, and, and how not ready these guys felt. Who, who feels not ready today for the challenges of life? Who feels like stretched in this season? And I want to just give you some real good reassurance here is that you're never going to feel ready. You're never going to feel ready for what God is calling you into. And the cool thing about it is that that's the way I think God wants it. That we will never feel ready because if we felt ready, we'd never have Him to lean on. We'd have, never have His perfect grace to draw from and, and His strength to bring life to us and, and His love to, to be all around us. You know, every time you go to a wedding, you generally hear this, love is patient, love is kind. It's not rude. Love is not jealous, and it, it keeps no record of wrongs. And I don't know uh, about you, but in my world, uh, my life is full of opportunities uh, to be impatient, <laughs> to be rude, to be unkind, 
to be jealous, <laughs> and occasionally keep a tally of stuff that really hurts. Like, is anyone with me on that? Or are you guys like, you heard that once at the wedding, and you're like, oh, easy. <laughs> kind, not rude. Yeah, I've got that. I've got that nailed. And so I love the tension of our life. Like today, my message is called Becoming Salvation. And there's this incredible tension that we go through in life where we're like, God, I'm so like, you know, I just feel so unready. Like I've got stuff in my heart. Yet right now in this season, you're calling me to, to, to something. You're calling me to your will and your calling. You're calling me to be someone who shines despite my, the unfinished business in, in, in my life. And the reality is, is that we can't be light without light actually transforming who we are. We can't become love without becoming transformed by the one who is love in our lives. And, you know, God is not like, like God's love in our lives. It's not a feeling. And I hope that you're not waiting for a feeling in your life to know that God loves you and calls you and equips you and empowers you to be light and to be his, uh, a, a representative of, of Him in this world. You know, He wants to awaken our gifts in this season, I believe. He wants us to awaken our gifts. He wants to awaken our spirits. And, and He wants to own the fact that we are His children, that we are called to this world to bring His kingdom despite ourselves. Can I get an amen? Come on. And today, if you don't know that you are chosen and that you are deeply loved by the Father, then today is a good day for you because you've come to the right place. And I'm going to give you a message of hope and life this morning. And you're going to be able to respond at the end of the service and know that you're chosen and called and, and for such a time as this. And so I want to speak to people all over this church today because I know that there's been people facing stuff in our family that have been like, just like, where did that come from? Whether it's sickness, uh, whether it's like a financial crisis, whether there's business opportunities, out there and it looked good and then didn't. Like, there's stuff like as a pastor, Deb and I, we see our church and we're going, like, Man, the devil is scared because he's bringing some opposition to us because we're about to start to shine a little brighter in our town and in our lives. So, I want I want to release hope, I want to release faith, I want to release joy to you, I want to release the righteousness of Christ into your life, into every unfinished dream, into those seemingly unanswered prayers, into to the lost faith and the dead ends and the hurtful words even like, I want to tell you today that it's a good day because Christ has got a, a plan to redeem everything in your life that is hurting and overthrow darkness and bring His salvation into your life. Christ is looking to weave His story, His story of salvation and victory into each one of our lives so that we would have like, his perspective in us and, and flowing through our lives. I want to share for you this morning a really, uh, a really short story. Shush. Thank you. <laughs> 2 Kings 13. Elisha died and was buried. It was a good story, eh? Awesome story, Glenn. That's amazing. He's encouraged. <laughs> Woo! You kind of think, if you looked at that, though, that I'd started at the end of the story. 
Uh, this is a great story, this story, because this is actually the beginning of someone else's comeback story. And we love, I know we love a good comeback story. We're like the underdogs and we, like, we love it when we beat Australia. We hate uh, the America's Cup comeback story because that really played out against us. But here's the rest of the story. Same, same verse leading on, verse 20. Now the Moabite raiders, this is just after Elijah was dead and buried. And the Moabite raiders used to enter the country every spring. Once, uh, while summer's rites were burying a man, suddenly they saw a band of raiders. So they threw the man's body into Elisha's tomb. Aha, there he is again. Uh, when the body touched Elijah's bones, the man came to life and stood up on his feet. Come on, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good story. That's a good comeback story. See, Elisha, while he was alive, he raised a young boy from the dead and he lay on his body until warmth came into this young boy's body and then he coughed a couple of times and he sat up. I mean, that's a pretty unreal moment, isn't it? Like raising someone from the dead and, and I hear stories, Andrew Womack, uh, uh, Heidi Baker, of people today who are actually out there raising people from the dead. Like God's, like we've, we've got this resurrection power inside of us that, that actually is the same power that rose Christ Jesus from the dead. So, I mean, raising someone from the dead while you're alive is a good story. <laughs> but I love this story that that this resurrection power on Elisha's life was not limited to his own will and intent. He was dead. (laughs) That God's power to save and redeem someone's life had worked its way right through to the very core of who he was so that even when his dead bones were lying there, when someone touched his bones, resurrection power uh, came to life. You know, he became salvation. I love that story. You know, when you're burying a dead man, though, or when you bury a man, (laughs) hopefully he's dead, it's generally a pretty hopeless situation for the dead guy. And it would be fair to say that death is a reasonably rig, a big roadblock in life. And I know, though, and we know that death uh, isn't the only dream killer that is around our lives. When you think about disappointments, when you think about discouragement, uh, disagreements, you know, you can get separated and suddenly the dream that you were going to have and achieve together, that, that comes undone and the dream dies. Another dream killer I was thinking about actually is just time. It's just like, when is that going to happen? And you forget about that. You don't remember what God has said. And, and, and so there's all these dreams that we have in life that can just, uh, you know, they can disappear. And, and so these things, they can just kill people's dreams. And I, I even read this quote about suicide this week. It says this, you think you want to die, but in really, in reality, sorry, you want to be saved. That's, you know, where people in extreme pain are looking to escape the pain, but it's also that they would escape their pain and that they, they would find death a place of salvation because they don't have to live with pain anymore. Everyone at some point in our lives, I believe, is looking to be rescued. We're looking for salvation that goes beyond our own ability to act. And we're like, help me. And the good news is that Christ lived, 
died and was resurrected from the dead so that we could have our own comeback story. So that we could be a people of promise, regardless of our situations, regardless of where we feel like, man, like I just want to throw those dreams and just throw, I want to discard those dreams, you know. But just as that dead man's body came back to life as he was discarded in the tomb, the grace of Jesus Christ is always available for us to bring hope, freedom, joy, salvation into every part of our lives. And I just want to, and I know that some of you guys are going through stuff that's harder than me. That it's, it's some heavy, heavy stuff. And today, if God just breathes hope into your heart again, then I'm excited for you. Because there is always hope. While you're still alive on this planet, there is always hope. His grace is sufficient for us. And I just want to share a, a story from my world. Um, and it was about a situation that I went through it was, uh, six uh, plus years ago in business here. I've got a business here in Rangiora as well. And I, um, at that time, uh, probably eight years ago, I just employed the wrong guy. It seemed like, anyway, but God used it. <laughs> the fact was that this guy just didn't like me. <laughs> Anyone ever done anything like that? And you're like, flip. And I'm like, I'm like this guy. Usually I, pr- I work pretty hard for people to like at least understand me so that we can like sort of stay on the same page. And, but he just totally didn't get my heart. He didn't get the fact that I worked as a youth pastor at the time, and he was like frustrated that I wasn't in the business enough and making enough money. And he, and, and he would talk about me behind my back in this environment with another staff member who no longer works for me there, and I would walk in, and I felt like it wasn't my business. I felt like the atmosphere was poisoned uh, against me, and and I hated it because I'm all about establishing a culture in my life, and I love the idea that when we do something, we establish something, that it starts actually just growing because of what you've established. And so we've been establishing this culture at printing.com, and it, it just felt like it had been ripped away through the skies. And I'd talk with them, I'd have meetings, we'd go out for coffee, and I'd say, this, these are our values, and this is what I'm believing for your life. But Man, at the end of it, I just knew it was either going to be him or me leaving. <laughs> like, I was like over it, and I felt really angry and frustrated. Yet, at the same time, I knew it was an opportunity for God to actually do something uh, radical. And so, I began to actually pray him out of my business. I was like, you're not welcome here in the spirit in Jesus' name. And I would lay hands on his seat and I'd say, I repel you. I, I like you. This is, I would go into work early. I, would, I wouldn't curse him, all right? I would just be like, you belong somewhere else. This is not your call. And, and so, and it was, re- and it got worse because we went through this really hard financial time as well. And I was like, this is a bad thing, but this is a good thing because now I have, like, I can start restructuring them out, <laughs> like, from a professional. I've got a, I've got a legitimate uh, reason, actually. So I sought some advice, and I did some research, and I scheduled a date when we're going to have the first of our three meetings, and, and I was like, oh, I'm so nervous because he was a fighter, this guy as well, and I remember walking into work and saying to Lisa, hey, girl, it's going to get a little bit ugly uh, because uh, this is what I'm about to do. So, um, and, and, and so, but before I walked up to him and he said to me, before I could say anything, he said, can I grab five minutes? He, yep. He took me aside and he said, hey, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm like, 
I really tried to look disappointed, but it was the happiest disappointment you've ever seen. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my gosh, Jesus, you're real. And, um, and I remember I went outside, I, I rang up Debbie and I cried on the, I was like, because I cry easy, you know that. Um, and I was just so relieved. And you have stories like that, you have moments like that, and they're like the, the worst of times, but they're the best of times. Because you see who you're doing life with. You see salvation happen. You lean on Him and you wait and you persevere and you, and you continue to, to, to dig into His grace. Do you know that God the Father has every intention of displaying the best of Himself to us and through us? That is intention for your life. And when, when life is full of opposition and challenges, He isn't just trying to teach us a lesson. He's giving us an invitation to view our life through His lens of grace, that we would then put His grace on display, that our life would magnify His heart. From Romans 8, just I think there's, there's a few verses before what Deb was sharing this morning. And we love this verse. It's kind of like one of those, like, just slap a Romans 8.28 on it, and it's going to be all right. But this is, uh, this is true. And we know that for those who love God and all things, for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, verse 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And I want to just give you three take-home things today for you to think about around this verse. Uh, Number one is that in every situation, God is at work and his will is to do good. His, His desire is to do good in every situation. And then in verse 29, it says that he predestined us. And so he has positioned his purposes and intent in every every aspect of our lives. But then number three, and I believe that this is the trigger that pulls the prevailing goodness of his promises through into every situation. And this is it, that, that we would be willing to be conformed to the image of his son. That's the hurty bit if you don't get it. It's easy to read that and go, yeah, man, God's going to work all things together for good. Who does love him? Yes, I love it. Peace, joy, happiness, freedom, something flowery. When there's something else attached to this, it says here that, that there's something around this word conformed, and it says here that conformed is, is to become similar in form, nature, or character, to be in harmony or accord. And I just want to pose this question this morning, um, and I'm working this out too, so please don't feel like I'm pointing the finger at you, but I am because I've got like three pointing back at me. Um, Can God work all things together for good without us being willing to be conformed to the image of his son? It's an interesting thought, isn't it? See, the Bible tells us that Christ has set us up to prevail in the challenges of life as we conform to his perspective. And it tells us this right throughout the Bible, just in slightly different ways. Jesus says things like, you know, the truth will set you free. Well, yep, truth, his, him, that's who he is, conforming to him. In Proverbs, it says, first of all, get wisdom. You know, God's the the giver of wisdom. 
the Holy Spirit. He's the one that will lead us into all truth once again, and he's the comforter. He knows that we're going to get discomfort in our lives. It's one of his names. He wants to take us into those places of discomfort so that we could actually reveal who he is and his perspective in those situations that we face. Do you know when steel is conformed, it's redefined, it's bent, it's heated up, (laughs) it's pressed into something completely new. And it doesn't spring back into what it was because the conforming process has given it new form and intent. There's something, I spoke this word a few weeks ago, there's something about Romans 5 Suffering producing perseverance. Perseverance producing a character and character giving birth to hope. See, hard times. They're those places where we say, Christ, I want to rest on you. I want to find your salvation in this place. And I want to conform to your perspective. I want to, I want to say I'm willing to be bent. I'm willing to be put into a new shape. I'm willing to reveal who you are through me to the world. That's what I believe it means to become salvation. It's not just to preach a a nice message. and It's it's actually to to become who Christ is to this world through our lives. That Christ says that when we're in Christ, we can do all things, and that is in the good and the bad, and that we have all the grace that we need in form, in nature, and in character because we can live in harmony and one accord with Him through grace. And so in this season that you're in right now, I want to so encourage you to hold your ground. Don't run away from the tough stuff. Don't avoid the corners where you just want to run to. No, avoid the corners. Don't, don't avoid the Avoid those corners. Don't just run away. Don't just run to a safe place. Shut your ears and go, la, 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 la. I'm not listening. This is going to just pass by, and this is just a moment without first saying, Christ, come to me. Rescue me. Change my perspective of the situation. And he's calling us amazingly to face our challenges together. Because together with all the saints, we discover how wide and high and deep the love of Christ is for us. Let's just stand this morning. I just want to jump back to the short story that we had. Elisha's bones, the Moabite raiders, they came with the intent to harm those who were burying the dead guy. And they flung him unintentionally, uncaringly into a tomb containing resurrection life. I just want to leave you with this. Sometimes God is hiding where you expect Him least. He's everywhere. He's in the hurty stuff. You know what? Others would discard dead things. In Christ, there is always hope. And I want to just encourage you to be people that throw your dead stuff into the place of resurrection life. Maybe you need to do that today. 
I just want to read Psalm 23 over you in closing this morning. And I just want you just to receive his reassurance for where you're at in your life. Because where you're at, salvation is at, and hope is at, and peace is at. So just, just receive his word this morning. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Mm. Holy Spirit, we just join with you today. We just say we're one with you. We're connected to you. And I just, I just pray for lives out there this morning, Father, that just are looking for breakthrough in search of hope and peace, Lord, today, Lord, that where situations feel like, where is my salvation? I declare that through the name of Jesus Christ, we will be saved. I declare and release salvation over bodies, over finances, over business, over perspectives, over self-hate, over bad dreams. I just declare, Father, that you are redeeming our church. You will redeem your church through Christ Jesus. We call hope and we call freedom and we call courage, Lord, as you prepare a table in the presence of our enemies. We thank you that you are preparing us for our victory and our finest hour in the season. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. This morning, we're going to finish with a song. And I just want to open up the altar. If you would love to come and receive ministry now, you can just come right now. We're going to have a song of praise, and then we're going to pray for you. But I just, I just know that we're, we want to stand with you today. We want to declare blessing over you today. We want to declare breakthrough over you today. And if you just leave today having hope in your life, then that is good. Because He works with hope. He works with faith, hope, and love. And He wants you to take something home today so that you would live this week living with the promise of His love, never leaving you, never forsaking you, being conformed to the image of His Son in every situation.